incredible DJ Academy podcast. I got Mike Weeder on the show today. Super, super excited to have him. He's a man with many, many, many uh, years of experience. Uh, he's the owner of Ultimate Sound Entertainment. Correct. He's he's the author of uh, Be the Difference Maker, and you're also part of the New Jersey DJ Network. I'm actually the president of it. President. All right. So, um, how does uh, how does somebody become a member? Real quick. All they have to do is go to www.njdjn.org and they can log in and sign up right there. Or they can come to one of our meetings. And, when, and I know the meetings are held uh, the first Tuesday of every month? Normally the second Tuesday of every month at the Crown Plaza in Edison, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, this month, because we didn't want to compete with a couple of other events happening, our meeting is actually tomorrow, this coming Tuesday, the 16th featuring the 2018 DJ Times Entertainer of the Year, Artem Lomaz. So, and you're more than welcome to come up for it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do, do my best to try to come. I do take, I just started taking these hip hop classes on Tuesday. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my experience up, trying to get my talent up, but I'm going to do my best to make it. But Well, um, if you can't make it, all of our meetings are online. We stream them. Mike, you're, you're amazing, right? That I think, I think that's awesome for DJs to be, I mean, even if you can't make it, you can still consume the content which is important and what's more important is we record the meetings so if you're busy at your hip-hop class and not able to make it it'll be online and available to people that have uh paid we actually have a 20 dollars charge for non-members if you're a member in good standing you have access to it if you want to just learn and on the fly you pay 20 dollars. it goes to the njdjn on paypal and you get access to the meeting. You can watch it at your leisure, whenever and wherever. So, 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 Mike, talk about why is it important for DJs to be a part of a, of, of an association? You see, that's a tough question for me because I don't know if being a member of an association is as important as networking with the right people. Yeah. You know, it goes back to the experience. You know, just because an association is around for, you know, 20, 30, however many years, if they're not producing and presenting you with learnable moments and quality entertainment, quality speakers, quality performers, presenters, it's just a bunch of people getting together. What we do with the NJDJN and myself personally I'll pick up the phone and talk to anybody and try and help out where I can because I figure if you're better, if I'm better, our clients are going to be happier and willing to spend more money because we're producing quality. So associations are great if they're providing education. If they're giving you the opportunity to get out of the house and away from the wife and kids, not not as good. So... <laughs> a lot of people use that as an opportunity. Oh, I have a meeting. Right, right. And you're just a bunch of guys. What was that? So you're not gaining anything out of it. Hundred percent. You know, for me, at the NJDJN when I took over, I wanted it to be all about learning. Mm. I didn't want to have um, performance-based seminars. I didn't want to have you come in and show me how you do a wedding. Because as good as it may be, I'm not you. Right. And maybe I pick up a nugget or two on some ideas I can use. But again, I don't have your personality. Right. And thank God you don't have mine. (laughs) It's really something where if you're going to have a meeting and go to the meeting, what you want out of it is to take away something that you can bring to your next event. So that's what we try to do. A nugget. Absolutely. And whether it's something that you can go home and change the way you approach uh, posting on Facebook or Instagram or a twist on an intro or a cake cutting at a wedding, 
just something that you can pick up. And can you get it at most associations? Yes. Can you get it at the NJDJN? Absolutely. It's networking. It's not just going to a meeting. It's being able to pick up the phone or texting a message saying, hey, could use a little help or I'm looking to brainstorm. I have an idea. You know, let me throw out some you know things I'm thinking about. So, so Mike, let's talk about Ultimate Sound Entertainment. How long has uh, how long have you been running that organization? Wow, uh, thirty-seven years. Wow. So, have you been DJing for thirty-seven years? I've been uh, DJing uh, for probably uh, you know what I'm going to say thirty-seven years because even when I started, I was entertaining. Yes. Because I don't a DJ to me is somebody that I am not. I can beat mix. I can, you know, do some things. I am not a club guy. I worked in the clubs for many years, but I'm not talented enough to be a club DJ. But because of my personality and my willingness to be on a microphone, I was able to transition into what I call an entertainer. So to me, there's a difference. A DJ is going to be that guy that really concentrates the majority of his night to the music. Mixing it, making sure everything sounds great, the dance floor is packed, <coughs> but they're doing the music and that's the first thought, first and foremost in their mind. Yes. It's an entertainer. Yes. As an entertainer, I'm not focusing as much on the music in a way, I'm focusing on the crowd because the crowd will always tell me what to play. You know, when I talk to a bride or groom and they give me a playlist, I take that very seriously. And I look at the playlist. And if the playlist is great, you know, I look at it and go, wow, this is going to, you know, kill the floor all night. I'm going to be, you know, working up a sweat. Great. But if I look at it and go, wow, there's a lot of stuff on here that, you know, probably going to kill my dance floor in most situations, I'll talk to the bride and groom and say, is there a reason? Because the one thing I can tell you, almost 100% of the time, you've never been out with that bride and groom, their family, their friends in a social situation. You might meet the bride and groom in a Starbucks or at the venue. You don't know what gets them going. I did a wedding in a barn and there aren't too many barn weddings in New Jersey. There are a few. But at the barn wedding, I'm thinking, okay, you know, country I got music. my country. There's some really good country, especially nowadays. But certain songs were being requested that I probably don't play as often as I could or haven't played in years because it was just never a big thing. And one of them was Take Me Home Country Roads. Oh, that's, that's very, that's very popular. In Virginia. Yeah, yeah, huge. But in New Jersey, not oh, something. <laughs> when I tell you, I ended up doing it after that barn wedding at the three following weddings, and every time it, it blew up on my dance floor, I was packed. And I said, you know, one of the important things is being open-minded and being willing to say, I don't know what they know. Yes. Because look, you're, you're doing it over 15 years, I'm doing it 37 years. I know for a fact that you and I can stand on a street corner and a bride can come by and go, my DJ didn't show up, can you help me? And we can go in there without knowing a thing, we can get people dancing. Yes. And make it a good wedding. But when you talk to the bride and groom and you find out their ideas and their thoughts and their feelings and why they like certain things and what songs mean to them, you take that wedding and it goes from a good wedding to a great wedding. Yeah, because you took the time to listen to them. And then when you get to the wedding, being able to read the crowd and put the music in the right order and manipulate the dance floor. So you have a packed floor all night. You, and, and you talk you talk about it in the book. You say that we're not hired to play the music that we like. Exactly. We're hired to play the music that 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 they want. And you know, 
coming from the club scene into the in, in, into becoming a wedding entertainer, it is it, it is a difficult transition, right? Because when you're at the club, they're typically hiring you to play music that you're familiar with, right? So most yeah. club DJs, you're either playing hip hop or you're doing a country night or you're doing a Motown night. But when you're doing weddings, man, you have to be so diverse with your music. And that's why in the book you talk about, which was a big takeaway for me, you talk about um, joining these DJ playlist groups that I had no idea about. None. <laughs> None. I, I was like, there, there's DJ playlist groups? I went right on Facebook and I joined like three of them. So, 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 so thank you. Did you that. join mine? I, I did. I did. Wow. I did. I did. I did. So, you, and, and I talk to couples about this all the time, Mike, and even with you know, DJs and entertainers, I think people get confused sometimes, right? And I know you talk heavily about it in the book where where you say, you know, the difference, there's a difference between a DJ and an entertainer. And, and I want you to dive in. Obviously, there's a different skill level that's involved with the two, right? So you mentioned, you know, being a DJ, I don't, I don't really know how to beat match or, or kind of, you know, maybe blend. And, and with an entertainer, or MC or master of ceremonies, it's the same thing, right? We both have separate skills, and sometimes you're both. Sometimes you're the MC as well as the DJ. When you're a DJ and your focus is on you and the music, because you know everything, you're you're being selfish. You're not getting the crowd, and you're not doing what you were hired for. Now. There are some DJs that are the most incredible beat mixers and scratchers that I would not let in a wedding venue. And there are some guys that can just fade and don't beat mix and don't do anything other than slide over from one song to the other that I will pay thousands for because they're incredible entertainers. So what ends up happening is as an entertainer, and I'm not saying anything negative about DJs. I love a great DJ, but if I'm a guest at a wedding, I don't care about your scratching skills. Yes. I care about hearing what I want to hear, what will get me on the dance floor. I want to hear the transitions smoothly so I'm kept on the dance floor. I was working with one of my guys on this past Saturday night. And I did something that he looked at me and said, I didn't know you had that. I get a lot of redrums and remixes. I subscribe to a lot of the different services, Select Mix, Promo Only, uh, Master Mix out of uh, the UK. And I get remixes of oldies. I have a remix of The Twist. And I saw her standing there and uh, Rockin' Robin and Johnny Be Good. Yeah. And we did a, set, a beat mix set with new stuff and transitioned into the old stuff at the same BPM and kept the crowd. So we didn't lose the crowd because we did a, for argument's sake, we did a hip hop set and all the old people were sitting down. And then we went to a country set and now the hip hop crowd sat down. And then we went to a EDM set and the country people, I don't want that. I want everybody dancing all night. So if you have the right versions and read the crowd right, you can pack the dance floor and have the, the same people that were dancing to hip hop, country and EDM on the floor for the same music. So I, you know, my job as an entertainer is not to feed the guests. Mm. You know, that's a caterer's job. If I do my job better, they're dancing all night. Let them stop at Wawa or Quick Check or 7-Eleven on the way home, hit the drive-thru, grab something to eat. I don't care if they they dance. Yes. So (laughs) my goal is to cover that wooden or marble area all night. And so that's not a, that's a skill. That's not, especially at weddings, it's not, it's not easy to do. And I know you talk about in the book, really getting to know your couple, getting to know them, asking them questions. And uh, you, you know what I love about the book? 
it's not just because the book is broken down and I'm gonna this is just my uh my personal assessment the book is broken down into four different sections right you got you got the how-to which is like how to prep for a wedding what to do when you're actually at a wedding which was very very informative right because you can get hired to do a wedding but how do you perform at a wedding i mean you go into so much detail lining up the wedding party making sure there's knives at the cake table making i mean it was just very very detailed uh tip, tips and tricks and also advertising right um and so you know anybody that's listening please listen you have to you have to get this book um you know it's a. Uh, it's amazing. It's very informative. I, and I already told you it's going to be a requirement reading for everybody that's on my team. Um, you know, even even though a lot of even though a lot of the things that you talk about in the book, I say to my team. But it's always good sometimes to hear it from somebody else or to get a different to get a different perspective. I mean, I got a whole list here of tips um, that I got from the book, but we'll save that we'll save that for the end. Um, how? <laughs> uh, so, in, in the book, you talk about the the prep, the P R E P. All right, um, can can you dive into that a little bit, right? Like how, what is, your, and, and it looks like this is kind of like your system or formula for when you're preparing for a wedding. Well, the important thing to me is preparation. Yes. You know, if you show up, like I said before, you and I can show up at a uh, wedding and without knowing anything, just go in there and do a good job. And that might be good enough, you know, for the average person. But I don't want the average person or the person to have the average experience. I want them to have an experience that they're going to remember for years. So for me, I always think of prep. You know, so you prepare. Preparing is not just, you know, getting the intro and showing up at the uh, wedding. Preparing is everything you did to lead up from the moment that, and even before the bride called you or emailed you, having your stuff in order so they don't waste your time, you don't waste their time, but talking to them, finding out about them. You know, they're interviewing you to be the voice and personality of their wedding and you're an extension basically of the bride and groom. So would it be smart to know the bride and groom? How did they meet? What do they like? Where do they eat? Where do, you know, what movies do they go to? Do they do different little, you know, things that people don't know they do? Or, you know, cute things that you could incorporate. So the biggest thing to do when you're preparing is taking notes asking the right questions and I learned this a long time ago you can ask questions or you can ask the right questions and the right questions will get you the right answers because you can ask them oh uh, where do you guys meet on your or how do you guys meet and they go oh we met in college okay great if you move on to like the wedding you didn't learn anything oh they met in college what college Right. You know, was it in a class? Was it, you know, on at a party? Find out. How did you guys, you know, really get to the dating portion? Yeah. Dig deep. Dig deep. Absolutely. And even if you don't use that at the wedding, you can use it for little things. You know, uh, in the book, I talked about Buffalo. I think I talked. Yeah, yes, Buffalo Wild Wings. Yes, you did. Yes. So that story is, it was actually another DJ. It was his wedding. It was on New Year's Eve. And in one of our many conversations, and sometimes I'll just send an email, hey, how you guys doing? Or Facebook post, what's going on? We were talking and I said, where do you guys go to eat? What's your favorite? We love Buffalo Wild Wings. I wrote a note. On New Year's Eve, driving to their wedding, I knew a Buffalo Wild Wings at a mall that was open. I stopped, I picked up Buffalo Wild Wings. I knew what kind they liked, I, you know, what sauce and topic, and I brought it to the venue, and I asked them to put it in the kitchen and keep it warm. And right after we did the post, before the first course came out, I got it, I walked across the dance floor carrying a bag of 
Buffalo Wild Wings, and the bride jumped out of her chair and ran onto the dance floor and hugged me. And one of my favorite pictures from the wedding is the two of them feeding each other Buffalo Wild Wings like a cake cutting where they were feeding each other. They remember that every New Year's Eve, they send me a note. We're having Buffalo Wild Wings. It was simple. Why? Because I asked a question and I listened. And when you listen, you learn. I've brought bagels for people. I've brought Cold Stone Creamery. I'm going to listen to what you tell me. You like a movie? I will do what I can to get you know, something from that movie into your wedding. Wow. And, and that's where the creativity comes. And uh, another, sorry to interrupt you, but another thing is a lot of people say, we're going to customize your wedding. <laughs> I will not customize your wedding. I will personalize your wedding. And there's a difference. And I think I, we, we talked about this a couple of days ago. Oh, you schooled me. And you have permission. permission. (laughs) Well, if you think about customizing, you know, you and I can go to a car dealer and say, we're going to customize that car. We want the red, you know, Firebird, and we want the CD player or the MP, whatever. We can pick the same exact stuff, and that car will be customized for you based on what was available to them. Now, when I get that car, I want to put the fuzzy dice in the window. I want to put the little sticker on my back window that you know I have in my all my cars. That's personalizing it. So there's a difference. If you go on iTunes and you go, I'm going to create a list of the music I like, you're personalizing it. If you go on to Pandora and say, for me, I would go on Pandora and say, I like Run DMC and they will create what they think I would like. That's customizing. iTunes, I personalize that. So I got my Run DMC, my LL Cool J, my Fat Boys, and I'm a happy camper. You know, it's all about personalizing it. When you customize it, you're doing a cookie cutter. You're doing things that everybody can do. They want lights, you know, you're gonna give them lights. But you're customizing it in their mind but when you bring them Buffalo Wild Wings, it's personal. It's personal. I got it, Mike. And, 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 you know, what I also love about the book, Mike, is how you give personal examples, like you did, like you, like you talked about with the Buffalo Wild Wings. You know, one thing that blew my mind is, is, is uh, when you talked about bustling the bride <laughs> and learning how to bustle her dress. I was like, man, this guy is dedicated. But It's not, it's selfish. I actually learned that for selfish reasons. I had too many brides go out of the room because they had to be bustled and they would be gone for 20 minutes. Yes. And that was 20 minutes. They couldn't enjoy their wedding. And 30 minutes, I didn't have my catalyst, my bride. So I started giving my brides and grooms homework and I went out myself. (laughs) You got the homework tip down? I got the homework. I'm writing as you speak, man. So I went to David's bridal and I asked them to show me how most gowns are bustled. But there are so many different ways. So what I started doing was giving my brides and grooms homework. And for the bride... It was when you go for your fitting, have whoever's with you, your mom, your maid of honor, whoever it is, videotape your gown being bustled and send it to me. Send it to your friends, send it to me. That way, if nobody knows how to bustle your gown, I will come out and bustle your gown if I have to. And many a times I've asked the groom, do you mind if I grope your wife? because I have to get down on my hands and knees and you know do the whole bustling thing. But that keeps things flowing. The brides are happy to do it because they realize, wow, you know, people, they drink, they forget, they don't know, they're under pressure. Now they know we have video of it, we have pictures of it. Yes. So, so, so Mike, how, how important is it for you to have a couple on the dance floor while you're, while you're, while you're performing? 
at the beginning of the wedding, they're my catalyst. You know, I hate opening up a dance floor without a bride and groom. Once that's done the first time, you know, they have to go talk to people, they have to take pictures. I understand that. But using them, that's what they're there for. Take advantage. Everybody in that room showed up to party or to be there for the bride and groom. So if you use the bride and groom and you tell people, you know, hey, you don't want to let the bride and groom dance by themselves, you guilt them into it. Right. But one of the things we also do is prior to our introductions of the bridal party and the bride and groom, and we do this at every wedding, but some we have different different ways we turn. And it's always discussed ahead of time with the bride and groom is uh, doing a first dance as a family. And what we'll do is before we introduce everybody, we'll go out, before we get formal, we'll go out onto the dance floor, get everybody's attention, welcome everybody, and explain to them that tonight's gonna be different. Mm. You know, our bride and groom invited you because you're the biggest partiers, the partiers they know. And they said, we want these people dancing all night and blah, blah, whatever, you know, whatever your approach is going to be. Right. And just remember, your approach creates the response. Mm. You know, if you're friendly to somebody, Say that again. the approach creates the response. Because if you're nice to somebody, they're nice back. If you're an ass to them, they're going to be an ass back. So if you approach the bridal party as, you know, hey, let's be cool, let's have some fun, they're going to be responsive. The guests are the same way. If you get the guests cheering before you even did the introduction and before anything happened, you got them on your side and you're relating to them and having, they're going to be on your team all day. They're going to be team Gene the rest of the night. So we prep them and tell them the bride and groom want to do something a little different because you're the most important people in their lives, family and friends. When they come in to whatever upbeat song might be playing, before they do their slow dance, they want to have their first dance with you. And Nugget! Nugget. One one of my favorite weddings, they uh, came in... (laughs) This has got to be, it was May, I remember the date, May 14th, 1994. This is the first time I ever did it, and it was unintentional. But the bride and groom came in to whoop, there it is. And I was planning on going into their first dance. But as soon as the bride and groom came in, they had their hands in the air. As soon as they hit the dance floor, everybody in that room, over 300 people, packed the dance floor. Wow. And I said, that's a great idea and we renamed it first dance as a family and I tell the bridal party you're my catalyst when the bride and groom come in you need to be the first ones to join them for that first dance and we did that with now that I now that we found love by heavy D and the dance floor was packed and if you want another nugget we and we prep everything ahead of time nothing is left to be a surprise even though nobody really notices because we do it seamlessly, but they're prepped. So they know when the bride and groom hit the floor, boom, boom, come join them. Then pay attention because I'm going to ask them to form a giant circle and the bride and groom are going to do their slow dance, their first uh, official dance in the center of all their family and friends. Wow. So, so literally what you're, what you're doing is you're getting the guests engaged, not only in the wedding party introduction, but you're also getting them to experience the first dance. So instead of sitting down watching the first dance, yeah. now they're up participating in the They first sat dance. for the ceremony. They sat through cocktail hour. They sat through the introductions. They're bored. You know, they're, they're sitting there for the first dance watching them, and then they do this. I wanted energy. I, I wanted high energy from start to finish. You know, if I can get them dancing, the more I can get them dancing at the beginning, they broke that sweat. Yes. They're coming back later. 
because they want to know what else you know is going to happen tonight. And you set the tone really is what you did. You set yes. the tone for the rest of the night. So I can imagine, I mean, after you do an introduction like that, I mean, and then you go into a slow dance, right? So the energy level might come down a little bit. But once dinner hits, I'm imagining you're not you're not going too high, but you're keeping the energy level kind well, of we, we might beat mix through dinner, depending. But you might also and in New Jersey and most of New York. We dance between courses. That's that. I, that it's different in the DC market. That's yeah. Different. Oh, I, I know. I did a, uh, a a wedding in DC, and they thought I was from Mars. <laughs> Turn the music off. We gotta get them fed, Mike. We gotta. Yeah. I, oh, I, worse in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, listen, that's not my job to feed them. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I also. But here's the thing. Here's another nugget. You know, two weeks prior to the wedding, contact the venue. Yes. Introduce yourself. I'm the, <laughs> exactly. Yo, I'm the entertainment for so-and-so's <laughs> wedding. This is what they want. This is what we've discussed. They want to dance between courses. They want to, uh, you know, do a first dance as a family. They want to do, uh, you know, uh, an anniversary day. Let them know because then they can tell the chef, all right, time out everything a little differently than normal. Yes. I have a friend, uh, Leo Washington, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, who started doing the first dance of the family and dancing between courses. And he said, they won't do that down here. And I said, try it. Ask them. Ask your couples. You know, remember, you only have, let's say, five-hour reception, one-hour cocktail hour, four-hour reception, but break it down. 45 minutes for dinner, you know, 15 minutes for introductions, 15 minutes for cake. All of a sudden, you know, you only have two and a half hours to party. Capitalize on it. Don't let them wait. Yes. You know, I always hear from the brides that, you know, oh, the day flew by. Right. Well, I want to give you as much to remember. Yes. You know, so setting up uh, an end photo. Yeah, I do this great photo where everybody, is, all the guests are on the dance floor, bride and groom are giving each other a kiss, and everybody's staring at the camera but pointing to the bride and groom Ooh. while they're kissing, and that's with everybody. Now, that's the last shot of the night, quote-unquote, but that's done after their first dance because I now have, you know, 100 or 200 people already on the dance floor in a circle, and I just get them to give the bride and groom a giant group hug. Oh. And then I, I tell the photographer ahead of time and I tell the bride and groom, I'm gonna ask you to face the camera. Don't let anybody in front of you. And that shot is really cool. And that, if you wanna talk about the advertising, I'll tell you how that plays into it. You want me to tell you? Of course, no charge, no charge. Okay. No I charge. <laughs> Actually, you got the book? I and I, and believe, I got a signed copy too. I got a signed copy. I believe copy. It, <laughs> if you go to the back of the, I think it's, let me see. I, I actually have, I think it's in the book. There's a picture with the bride and groom and everybody pointing to him. Uh, and I, I could be wrong. Okay, it's not, I, I apologize. It's not in the book. I'll be more than happy to send you a picture and you can share it if you oh, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it's, uh, maybe that's not it. Oh, actually, yeah, that's one of them. That was done at the beginning of the wedding because everybody's still relatively fresh. Oh, so you're taking a group photo. And they're still there. Nobody's left. Grandma didn't leave. You know, your, your friends didn't leave yet. I'm taking that picture, but what I'm doing is I'm, there's a, I think it's called canvasdiscount.com. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm going on Canvas Discount, I'm uploading that picture, and for like $25, $30, they always run specials, I'm getting a huge like 24 by 30 something canvas print of that, putting my logo on it, and sending it to them. Wow. I will guarantee you that picture is going to be hanging in their house as long as they're married. Wow. 
I'll tell you another cool thing you can do with that. Giftcards.com. You take a picture of the bride and groom, you upload it to giftcards.com and put it on a $25 or $50 Visa gift card. Picture of the bride and groom. Possible, actually, uh, oh, I can't send you the picture. I'll send it to you separately. But a picture of the bride and groom, you could put your uh, name on there, your company name, and it's a legit Visa $25 or $50 gift card. And you send that out in time for them for their one month anniversary. And you say, happy anniversary, dinner is on us. I will guarantee you, they will never throw out that gift card. Wow. And they will always remember where it's from. You gotta add that into the budget, into the marketing budget. That's Absolutely. a big, you know, Mike, I do group photos. I do them differently though, right? But I like this concept. So a lot of times what I would do is like sometimes to open up the dancing, right? And this really depends on the crowd. I'll ask everybody to come on the dance floor to take a group photo, show them how to do a line dance and open up the dance floor, right? But I never thought about while having everybody already on the floor after the after the family first dance or after the first dance and telling everybody to look at the photographer, snap, that's uh that's uh thank you. Thank you, Make sir. sure you have your phone or your iPhone or whatever ready yes. or a camera because yes. it's a gold shot. And I never thought about blowing it up in a poster and sending it to them. You're right. They are going to have it hanging and your logo will be right on there. That And come on, people are going to come to the house like, oh yeah, that's an awesome picture. Where'd that's you why that, that Visa gift card, they're going to go to a restaurant Waitress is gonna see it. Yeah. They're gonna show that to everybody. <clears throat> and they're never throwing it out. That's awesome, Mike. So so uh so Mike, let's talk about the rehearse for a little bit, right? So um that's part of the prep. What's uh what's involved in the rehearse in the rehearsal? Well, you know, don't show up and do a blind read. Yes. So you have to know what you're going to do, you know, get the names of the bridal party phonetically. You know, you don't want to say Smith when it could be Smythe, which is a mistake I made. You know, you, you want to know the names broken down phonetically. You want to go over the order. I go over the order of probably more than three times on the phone, in the bridal suite, and then when they're lined up to be introduced. Because and they'll still change it when you line them up anyway, Mike. <laughs> I, but I, I, a true story, I lined everybody up. And it was grandparents of the bride, grandparents of the groom, parents of the bride, parents of the groom, bridal party. Lined them up, walked back inside. My DJ started the music. I said, "Parents, uh, grandparents of the bride, doors opened up, grandparents of the groom came in. Wow. And they walked right by me, and the grandmother looked at me and said, you really screwed that up. Oh my God. What happened was at the church, the grandparents of the groom came in first. So they took it upon themselves to change it. After you lined them up though. After I lined them up. So unfortunately that happens. Uh, you also have to know important things and you might remember this from the book. You have to find out if somebody is no longer with us. You know, you have to double check and triple check everything. And what I'm referring to is when I first started, and it's about 36 and a half years ago, one of my first weddings, I thought the Mater D's knew everything. You know, Mater D was God to me. You know, they told me to do it, I did it, because I didn't know any better. And the Mater D came over and said, do the father-daughter dance next. And without thinking, I grabbed a song that everybody used. It was a song called Daddy's Little Girl. Mm -hmm. And I said, right now, uh, we'd like to ask Jessica to escort her dad to the dance and I said, I remember the saying, I said, for each day until today and each day hereafter, you always have been and always will be daddy's little girl. And the guy in front of me turned around and went, he's dead. And I wanted to die. Because I was not prepared. I did not know. I, and on my notes, it said in there, bride's father deceased. But I didn't prepare when I got there. I just wrote that down and didn't look at my list and didn't do what I need to do. I didn't position myself properly. 
you know, you want to know where you have to be, when you have to be there, and what to say. You know, if, if there's a dead spot in the room, you should know. So part of the preparation, aside from your introductions and your names and, uh, you know, that is checking the floor, walking the room and making sure your mic works everywhere. Making sure there's a cake and a knife on the table. Checking your frequency. <laughs> checking your frequency. the conga line? So back in the day, there weren't many microphone choices. Yeah. So my first wireless microphone was a Nady. And I was at a catering hall and my guests just sat down for dinner. And in the other room, they were just opening up their dance floor and through my speakers, because I didn't know, the uh, DJ in the next room was on the same frequency I was. He announced that they were doing a conga and everybody in my room got up and started doing the conga and I wasn't playing it. <laughs> we were on the same frequency. What's going on? They hijacked my speakers. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in a uh, venue with multiple uh, events, check the frequency. Introduce yourself. It's another networking opportunity. Yes. Make sure, you know, everybody is on the same page. Even if you have a videographer or a photographer that's going to do interviews, ask them what frequency they're on. You know, minor things like that make major uh, improvements and differences. Great tip, Mike. And so you have E for exhibit. What's exhibit? Well, it, you're exhibiting your professionalism. You know, you're, you're, the, you're the focal point at the wedding. Even though it should be the bride and groom, you're the one walking around with the microphone. Everybody thinks you're in charge. You're going to find out that you need to know where the bathroom is. You need to know how to control the lights. You need to know, you know, what to do when they come over and tell you their chicken is cold. You're in charge. You know, can I use a small curse on your podcast? Of course, go ahead. Uh, my, my people that work for me and my friends know when I go to a party, I am king shit. Right. <laughs> Nothing happens in that room until I make it happen. People don't eat till I tell them food's being served. People don't dance until I tell them the dance floor is open. Nothing has bride and groom do not come into the room until I tell them to come into the room. I am king shit. So for me, the exhibiting is I'm exhibiting my professionalism. I'm exhibiting the preparation that I did. You know, I rehearsed, I prepared. Now it's time to exhibit what I, I, I learned and what I can do. So you're on exhibit and you're exhibiting all your skills to the guests. And Mike, I think that's so important, right? And and that's why wedding DJs, and I don't know what the correct term is, wedding DJ, wedding entertainer, really is how you define yourself, right? But if you're a wedding entertainer, I, I truly believe that it's your job to control that room. You are in control of that room, right? And Absolutely. if you have that microphone, you have to, I don't want to say demand, command but you almost have to you have to own it it's yours you're the alpha dog in the room yes and when you come into a room of 200 people they're not looking at you they're not paying attention they're talking to each other yes they're eating drinking they're not talking to you you can walk out onto the dance floor and hope they're gonna go there's a guy with a microphone on the dance floor maybe we should pay attention or you can get on the microphone and say, can I have your attention? Or your DJ can play, you know, different music that brings the focus to the dance floor. Or something that I do is called the shushing uh, routine. It's in the book! It's in the book. Where I'll walk out onto the dance floor and my theory is that if you're in a room of however many people, half of them are listening to you and half of them are talking. So I'll get on the microphone and welcome everybody and say, if you can kindly turn to the person on your right and join us in shushing, one, two, three, shh, the whole room goes quiet. And just so I'm not being an ass, I'll usually make a little comment like, I love when that works, or I can't believe that works, so they know I'm not being right, nasty. Right, right. 
So that works every time. So, so Mike, I'm so I'm I'm glad you dived into this, right? And I don't mean to pivot, but well, this, this 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 is so important. The way you start a wedding is extremely important. So, can you dive into a little bit, not too much, but I, I know you do the, the 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 shushing technique. What other things, you know, have you used that has worked as far as opening up a wedding? Well, a lot of it has to do with my pre-intro where I'll walk out there and I'll just tell the guest what's expected of them. A pre-intro? Yes. A pre-intro. A pre-intro. I tell the guests what is expected of them. Oh, yes, in the book. It's in the book. Talk about what they were invited for. Yes. You know, uh, and I learned something from a friend of mine, Daryl Jake Jacobson, who said uh, he calls it the elegant pep rally. But he gets on the microphone and he just explains to them. And one of the things he says is, you know, the best thing you can give the bride and groom does not come in an envelope, does not come in a box wrapped in ribbons and bows. It comes with you eating the great food here, drinking the incredible beverages and partying and dancing with us. And then you just pump them up. Are you guys ready? Can you do this? And they're like, yeah, I'm like, if we're doing the first dance as a family, I explain what we're going to do. And then I say, all right, drink a little, eat a little. We'll be back in a couple of minutes to do the real intro. Oh, I like that. That's the prep. The prep it's intro. Prep. It, it, the music, you go out there, you line them up, everybody, you're ready, you come back in. Another thing, and you just mentioned it's the music. What are you playing when the people are walking into the room? Yes. What are you playing during cocktail hour? Are you playing... Kenny G and Black Radio, Vitamin String Quartet. And it's, music. <laughs> it's nice, but you know, I want to have a pulse. I want you know people to start feeling the music and getting into it. So whether it's you know, for me, I'm doing uh, you know, Luther and the Spinners, and I'm doing uh, stuff with a beat, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire is one of my favorite groups. I'm playing fantasy or in the stone. Just stuff that have a beat, because I'm looking around the room to see if people are doing this. Yes. It's, it's, it's in their fingers. It's, wow. it's so funny you bring that up, Mike, because in the book, I keep referring to the book. I'm going to have to read that. <laughs> you said that there are three types of people that come to weddings, right? You have your dancers, you have your no matter what, I'm not getting on the dance floor, and then you have the wild card. Well, I call it those that will, those that won't, and those that might. Yes. And we're only there for one of those groups. We're there for the mites. Because the person who gets the invitation the, you know, in the mail opens it up and goes, oh my God, I can't wait, I'm going to dance. I'm gonna dance no matter who the DJ is, no matter what. Then there's the one that opens it up and goes, I hate your family, I don't wanna dance. I won't dance. They're not dancing, no matter what you do. No matter what you play, short of a gun, they're not dancing. And then there's the not the mites, who, given the right entertainment, the right way to present it, the right music, will dance. Those are the ones that we're there for, because anybody can get that person that always dances up. Yes. And no matter who you are, we're not getting that guy or girl on very rare occasions that never dances to get up. But the mites. That's us. Yes. I'm, I'm doing what I can to get those people up. So so the, the last letter is P for perfection. Talk about that a little bit. Well, perfection is you don't get a second chance. You know, this is the first impression you're making. You get never get a second chance to make a first impression. Yes, yes. Do it right. So perfection is not, you know, it's not possible. You know, I'd like to think, you know, Everything we do is perfect, but perfection is just a combination of the first three. If you did the first three right, and everybody dances and has a, has a great time, then it's perfect in the bride and groom's eyes. Yes. It's not what I do. It might be what I helped create, but if the bride and groom leave their wedding sweating, exhausted, dreading going walking on the beach because their feet hurt from dancing so much it was perfect in their eyes 
And my favorite expression of all time is perception is reality. Yes. So if their perception was, this was the best day of my life, the best wedding I've ever been to, then you were perfect in their eyes. So, so Mike, listen, I don't want to keep you any longer. I'm going to be respectful of your time. Well, my time is your time. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to talk about the personality, the right experience, the education, the salesmanship. We're going to get back to that on part two of the podcast, okay? Uh, but sure. before I let you go, please, um, in the book, you have a chapter that talks about, um, uh, that talks about talent and creativity. Right, which is uh, how 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 do you develop? How do you develop talent and creativity? Talent. A lot of people are born with certain talents. Yes. You know, people have certain skills that they can do, and that they have. For me, talent is really based on education and incorporating your personality mm. with your education with your experience and that turns into talent because then you know what to do and when to do it and how to do it and because of your personality you're going to put your own unique spin on it and that creates talent people are going to go that guy was talented because he did something that we've never seen before or he did it in a different way yes. creativity comes from what we spoke about earlier listening and then taking their thoughts and their ideas and saying, how can I creatively incorporate that into their wedding? Because adding sparklers is not creative. It's not talented. It's a purchase. It's a tool. It's a tool. It, but it's a purchase. It's a we toy. Can, it's a toy. It is. It, most definitely. It's a toy. It's a tool that we use to make our presentation better. But it's also only something that's on for a mere matter of moments. So it's what you're able to do and how you're able to do it throughout the rest of the event that depends on your talent and your creativity and your observational skills. You have to watch the room. You have to read the room. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people in our industry go, I know better. I'm going to play what I think will work and not reading the room. And you can be creative, you can be talented, but if you're not observant, you don't get the opportunity to showcase that. So, go ahead. I was gonna say, Mike, that, um, that I gotta write that down, right? Reading, <laughs> because that, I mean, that's gonna be a whole nother show because I would imagine that takes skill. When you're reading the room, what are you looking for, right? What are you, what are you observing? What are you, and then after you read the room, how do you, adjust to it right is it is a song you're going to play is it an announcement that, that you're going to make a lot of times especially in the wedding industry i would say that there are you know being in the moment being able to read the room like i remember i was doing an announcement one time where i was introducing the i said something about the father-daughter dance and typically i would say now please put your hands together for the for the father-daughter dance and they started clapping so I just kind of went right into the music, right? There was no need for me to come in and say, kind of tell them what to do when they already did it, right? And that's- let, me, let me ask you a question about clapping. Yes. When the bride and groom are doing their first dance, do you get on the microphone and say, have a nice round of applause for the bride and groom or anything like that? Sometimes, yes. This is my opinion. When you're doing that, you're distracting people from watching the bride and groom. Because they hear a voice and they might go, what? What I do, and my wife hates this because I do it at movie theaters, weddings, funerals. If you start clapping, people will start clapping. Oh, they'll follow your lead. Now, to make it even better, during your prep work with the bridal party, prior to the introductions, you tell them, when you hear me start clapping, start clapping. Ah. And then it, it, it looks and it sounds organic. And that sounds a lot better than the bride and groom are having their moment and then they hear a voice over the speaker going, clap for them. Right. 
So if you start clapping, people start clapping. I love that. You want to stop a crowd from leaving a movie? When the movie's over, start clapping. Wow. Everybody will stop and start clapping. Wow. So that's a great way to transition from one scene or to transition into a scene, right? So, so what you're saying is you're not going to say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for the first dance. You're just going to... I wait for them. I'll introduce the first dance because the way we do it here is when we introduce the bride and groom, they come right to the dance floor. Mm -hmm. And unless you're doing a love story or something, you know, saying a few words, you go right into their first dance. So I usually wait a couple of seconds, then start clapping and the whole room reacts and everybody's clapping. You can even walk over, especially if you have that circle around them. Mm -hmm. You can just lean over and say to the people in front of you, when you hear me start clapping, start clapping. So it looks organic. It looks organic and it's not you. People that came to the wedding are not there to see you or me and hear us. They're there for the bride and groom. Yes. So they should they should hear you or see you more in the first 10 minutes of the wedding than they should the rest of the wedding. Because you're laying the groundwork. You've prepped them. You've told the bridal party what, they, what you expect of them. The bride and groom want a party. And the guests now know that you mean business. You prepped them and told them what their role is to eat, drink, and party. So now... Once the dance floor is going, don't get in the way. Mm. You know, people didn't pay, you know, give the bride and groom a check, you know, because of you. They gave it because they loved them and they had a great time. Yes. So, you know, talk less, act more. So, so, Mike, how can people get a copy? How can people get a copy of the book? Uh, they can go to my website. Uh, it's www.mikeweeder.com. W-I-E-D-E-R.com and they can purchase it there. They can go onto Amazon there, uh, look up the name, be the difference maker or my name. It's available in paperback, hard copy or ebook. Or you can just go to uh, a, a New Jersey DJ network. And I'll bring copies. This is where I had, this is where I got my signed copy. This is where I got my signed copy. Um, all right, so I know you do presentations on the book as well, right? Yeah. So, um, is 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 the is, do you have a digital presentation or do you have some dates coming up? Oh wow, um, I don't think I have anything planned right now. I do have videos of the prior uh, seminars I've given. So, if anybody's interested, they can get in touch with me on Facebook at Mike Weeder or Be the Difference Maker, and I'd be more than happy to hook them up. Yeah, yeah, with the donation, with the donation. We got to support, support my <laughs> Doesn't hurt, my wife will be very happy. She won't be mad. Uh, so, 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 Mike, before I let you go, tell me, what is, uh, what is the craziest thing you've experienced at a wedding? That's how, that's how we're going to shut down all the podcasts. What's the craziest thing you've seen at a, without mentioning any names, I'm trying to think there. I'm trying to think if there's one in the book or, uh, well, I've broken up a fight between the groom and the father of the bride. Oh, that's classic. Really? Uh, I told you the story about asking the bride to dance with her dead father. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, well, you know, a lot of the experiences because of the prep work I was prepared for, you know, like I knew if the parents hated each other. You know, so I avoided that, but things happen and where I've had to uh, pour champagne because I was the only one in the room with a corkscrew. Uh, Emergency kit, we talk, we talk about it in the book. <laughs> yes, and, and there you have the emergency kit for the DJ, for the bride and groom, and the emergency kit for the, uh, you know, for overall. Yes. You know, there are things that we need to know. I can't really think off the top of my head. Crazy, they're always crazy. Oh, here, I'll give you a crazy one. So I'm doing a uh, wedding and we're doing the garter and the bouquet. And <laughs> I didn't know anything about the couple that caught it. But the first uh, 
at the bouquet toss, the girl, her name was Kay. Dove, literally, could have you know played for the Giants. <laughs> that receiver dove across and caught the bouquet. And went crazy, very excited. And I was like, okay, no problem. We taught, uh, tossed the garter and the groom's brother caught it. And the whole room started laughing. And I didn't know anything. This is back in the day. I, I didn't do my prep work. I didn't know anything. So nothing is going through my head that's a little weird. So we have the guy put it on the girl, on Kay's leg. And I'm making little comments and jokes using my personality. And the room is roaring. They're erupting in laughter. And in my head, I'm thinking that was funny, but not, you know, fall on the floor funny. And I made a comment about, you know, I don't know how often you get to enjoy touching a woman's leg. And the room just erupted. And I said, okay, that's funny, but nothing special. Then I had them switch places and her put it on him. And the whole room was going nuts, and I'm making wait, fun. Wait, you had the... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I had the girl that caught the bouquet switch places with the guy, and I had her put it on him. And she starts going up his leg, gets to his knee, then uses her teeth and drops her head in his crotch. And the whole room is going crazy, and I'm making, you know, little comments. And when it was over... I walked over to the groom and I, I said something. He said, I didn't know you knew my brother was gay. Oh. <laughs> and I said, if I knew that, I wouldn't have said what I said. But the whole room thought it was hysterical. This is why you ask questions ahead of time. Right, you prep. You don't get caught in an uh, uncomfortable position or situation. This is the podcast, so if you're listening... I want to highly recommend that you get B, The Difference Maker. Um, it's, it's, it's made a profound impact on my career uh, as, as, a, as a wedding professional. And, and I just want to give you some, some takeaway nuggets from the book, okay? You want to carry a copy of your playlist and special songs, okay? And Mike talks about it in the book, right? If your hard drive goes bad, okay? You gotta, you gotta have a backup. Would you agree, Mike? You would, of course, you would. You would I could, I could tell you a story from two weeks ago. A friend of mine came up from. He's from out of state. Yeah. So he called me, said, "Can you provide the sound and the uplights?" He was going to bring his controller. So I brought my computer and the uplighting, and the speakers, and we were all set to go. And he goes outside, lines up the bridal party. He was the MC. I was going to do the music. And right before the people start coming in, I notice there's static mm. coming through the speakers. And I said, did you update your system? And he said, I did. I said, did you upset, uh, update your controller? And he said, no, I didn't know you had to. And he had a Denon MC7000, which is what I do. And I said, you need to do the update or get me another controller because it's not going to work. Like one song, if you shut it off and restart it, you can play one or two songs and then you get static. So we ended up hooking up a sec my second computer. We did the parents' introductions on one computer, did the bridal party introductions on another computer, went back to the first computer, did the, bridal, uh, the bride and groom's introduction, and then because we had, or I always carried backup, we did their first dance and the parent dances off my iPad. And nobody in the room knew. Never let them see you sweat. So I always carry two computers with two copies, you know, two full hard drives backed up. Oh, that's mine. Really uh, two hard drives backed up. Then I have three iPads that all have the same exact playlist library that I do. And an iPad, just an iPod, just in case, and my phone. We have the same playlist on everything, just in case stuff happens. And, so what other? <laughs> you, talk, you talk about it in the book. You talk about understanding and learning your equipment, right? It, 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 it's a tip that you have in here, and so you know, I, I... you can update your computer with the latest, you know, software updates. But check out your controller, whatever you use, to see if there's a firmware update. And 
know how to troubleshoot everything and always carry a flash drive with you. Uh, so, you know, I didn't know that. So, so, so there's another. But you talk about you're the architect in the book. Um, personality is what separates you from the other entertainers in the market. Uh, talk to your, talk to, talk to your couple, not at your couple. Uh, uh, suggest that the couple do the first dance before the first dance. That's I give out, yes. but I give out good homework, fun homework. I tell them, don't let your wedding be the first time you dance to your first dance. You know, because what happens is, let's say you're doing a four-minute song. How many times have you looked at the bride and groom and they're now looking around the room or they're they're done? You know, you know as an entertainer when they're done. Right. So I tell them, do your first dance. Go have a date night two weeks before your wedding. Crack open a bottle of wine, go out for dinner, whatever. Do your first dance. It'll give you an idea of the timing of the song, when the breaks are, if you want to end it early, if you want to invite your bridal party or your guests. Do your homework. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Hopefully, Hopefully we see you tomorrow. Otherwise, enjoy your hip-hop class. I will. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. My pleasure.